Have you ever thought that being an entrepreneur would be easier than this? For years, I've tried to break free from Rogue Warrior consultant life, only to return time and again in order to survive. What I soon realized is my own isolation and self-doubt was getting in my way, and that my biggest successes, my happiest moments, came through connections with people who cared about me. It's now my mission to make it easier for entrepreneurs like us to connect with incredible human beings who rise up higher together. We are not self-made, we are community-made. But the real question is, how will we do it? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on this journey as I interview top experts and entrepreneurs who are figuring it out. I'm your host, Jerry Kirk, and you are listening to the Community Forged Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Community Forge podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Kirk, and today I have another amazing guest on the show, my friend Philip. He's, he's an amazing guy and he's super fascinated with our human, what he calls peopleliness, all the things that we say, do, think, and emote. Um, and we all have experiences as humans, all right? No one really tells you or teaches you that when you've had these experiences, that they actually create a set of beliefs that you hold on to. And why that matters is, is that those beliefs affect how you show up in the world. They limit your possibilities for you and your life. And the thing is, for most of us, we aren't even aware of what's really going on, that they're actually driving um, how we're living our day to day. And we feel that thorn, but we don't even know where that pain is coming from. So today, um, I'm going to journey with, uh, with, um, with Philip to show you how you can become aware of your own thorns and then move into a place of choice and create the life outcomes that you truly want. Now, a little bit about Philip. Philip first noticed his fascination about humans when he was in his first tech startup, where he discovered that while software is easy, um, it's the people that are hard. He fell in love with the human condition in that moment. And many years later, um, Philip turned that fascination into a life and leadership coaching practice where he now coaches the whole human and mentors that leader within. His client list ranges from startup founders to CEOs of global consulting companies. Please help me in giving a warm welcome for Philip on the show. Welcome, Philip. Hey, thanks, Jerry. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's, it's so great to, to reconnect with you again. Um, you know, we had some some fun times, uh, you know, working together years ago, and now you're doing Back some... in Detroit, actually, I think, That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting place for humans to be as well right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to, um, love to dive more into this topic with you, right? Um, this this mm -hmm. idea that um, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of under the surface in our, in our, in our existence, right? These experiences that we've had that are kind of like kind of controlling the uh, what shows up on, on the outside. Tell, tell me a little bit more yeah. about, you know, a little bit more about your, your journey down this path and, and how you came to become really fascinated by this. Oh yeah. Like, so thanks for the intro too. It's, it's always uh, fun to hear intros on uh, whether it's, you know, you're doing your own bio or, you know, other podcasts that I've been on in the past. And um, yeah. So in the intro, you talked about um, the set of experiences that we have. And, and when I reflect back on our humanity, the, the cool thing is 
even though we've got many, many cultures around the planet, the thing that all humans can point to is how they experience life from an early age, from your earliest memories to uh, your current memories. And so the cool thing is, is no matter what's happening, is we share that. And right now, collectively, in our current times, we're sharing an experience called COVID-19. And that's, uh, that's going to impact us all in different ways. So for my early, ex- early ex- experience of this, when I first started noticing that when, as an adult, when I started questioning the results I was getting in life and the relationships I was in, the relationships that I didn't want to be in, but I was in, and I started questioning, why, why am I creating these results? Why am I creating the outcome that I have? both in work and in relationships and in all of life. And that's when I started studying um, my own behavior. Can you, um, can you walk us in there a little bit, Philip? What, what were some of, those, some of those things that were showing up for you that just weren't kind of what you were expecting, um, weren't, weren't satisfying? Yeah, whenever, like, it, whenever you experience like, what we humans might call relationship drama, I think your listeners uh-huh. at, at some point, if they think if we're really, really honest with ourselves, we could all relate to some, what we might call relationship drama. And that is something's happening in a relationship, usually a love relationship that isn't going the way that we had an expectation it was supposed to go. It's not going the way we would want it to go. Um, we, there's a design that we have for the relationship that's not quite working out the way that we want it to work out. And that was true for me. <laughs> That's, you know, the good news is, is uh, in our humanity, we share all of these things, but it's rare that we talk about them or maybe mm-hmm. like in some private moments with some really dear friends, we might actually share it. So I started questioning the results I was getting. Just kind of curious too, was, it, was there a particular moment that like you just kind of looked at what was going on and thought like, what the hell? what the hell is happening? Like, was there, was there yeah. a particular moment in time where it's just like enough is enough or, or just, or, or maybe just a sense of like helplessness in the sense that, you know, I want something better, but I don't know what, what to do. It was, it was more, I call them my personal, uh, I don't know how you are with language on the show, but I call, I'll just use this. I call them my personal WTF moments. Like when we allow ourselves, and this is me allowing myself to, to question like, Oh my God. So this is, this is the third, third major relationship I had in my life. So if you think about love relationships, this would be like the third major relationship in my life. And I was looking at the messiness that was in the relationship. And then I had to pivot. So there was a pivot of what if I stopped blaming the other person? What if I stopped blaming, period? What if I actually questioned why I'm doing what I'm doing? So there was a pivotal moment in that third, that third, what I would call the third life relationship that I had. And it was an, oh my God moment or a personal WTF moment of, well, I'm, I'm actually responsible for this. Mm. I'm actually creating these results. And that would be the drama that we were in. And that was a, like a messy relationship from the point of view, when I'm using air quotes for messy, uh, of, I need to change. Something needs to change. and. The reality is, is I can't change the other person. It's not, it's not my job to change the other person. In fact, that's just me transferring what's happening in me onto the other person. And that's what you learn after the fact. But in the moment, it's just a, I can't keep doing this. Like, this is not working. Mm. And I don't like the results I'm getting. 
And I think everyone can relate to that as humans. We can like point to those moments in life where, oh my God, I don't really like what's happening right now. Is that, is it, is that something you'd be comfortable sharing a little bit more deeply? Like kind of what, what was really going on there? Just curious, it could help people connect a bit better with that experience you yeah. had. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, is when you take responsibility for your life. So the bottom line is, is I was expecting my partner. I mean, I won't, I won't have names. It's in the partners, but I was expecting her to uh, make me feel good. I mean, that's the bottom, bottom line. Like, okay, you're not behaving in a way I'm feeling insecure. Like if, if we were really honest with ourselves and really knew what was happening, this is what we might say. That would be, I'm feeling really insecure. I don't like what's happening in my body right now. I'm going to blame you for it. I need you to change your behavior so that I feel good. Right. That was, that was happening in that relationship. And really what it was is uh, an insecurity on my part. I was feeling super insecure about some of the relationships that she was in, whether that was men relationships or female or female relationships. The reality is, is I was feeling really crappy about them. I had to discover why, what is being triggered in me. But at the moment, you don't know that we don't know these things. No one teaches us to really look at the body sensation that we're having or the trigger that we're having and look, well, why is that happening? Instead, it's easier to blame the other person. This is happening inside of me. So you need to stop your behavior so that I feel good. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Essentially, yeah. Demanding, you know, all these other things around you be changed so that you can look after your your insecurity, your your personal needs. Yeah. Right. That is our, that is our, that, so for me, that was a personal WTF moment. And that is our, I'm going to use this language. That's our, that's our bullshit. That's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm projecting my stuff onto this other human who is in her own stuff. Like she's got her own stuff going on. And so all our stuff starts clashing, right? All of our uh, ways of navigating and succeeding in life clash. And neither one of us are aware of it. That's the fascinating thing. Like, wow, what if, what if we became aware of what's actually happening? And took responsibility for it. Is that really the, then the from the from those moments? Then how how did you start to go down that that path, that journey of okay, this isn't working, right? I'm making yep. these these demands, and I'm still not getting what I need. Like, there's got to be a better way. Um, how, how did that path unfold for you? Uh, slowly, <laughs> so um, <laughs> with a lot of and that you know, that relationship ended, and that relationship ended. Uh, in reality. What it's easier to look at it from hinds, you know, from from the future, right? Once you're looking back on it, and that relationship ended because I didn't know how to be with me. When we take full responsibility for our life, what I would say now, if that version of Phil back then could could articulate it, he would say the relationship ended because I didn't know how to be with my feelings. I didn't know how to be with my insecurity. I didn't know how to be with sensations that were coming up, and that's that's. That was my work. And that's true for all of us. That's our work. Our work is to understand our operating model. Essentially, we each have our own operating model. Well, what is it? What's the thing that motivates me? What's the thing that drives me? And insecurity was driving me. So it was a lot of sitting with the insecurity, a lot of conversations with her, a lot of conversations with friends, a lot of reading. And a lot of uh, what I would now call uh, reflecting or contemplating, of really questioning 
why am I doing this? Where did this come from? That's, that's a lot of deep work. That's, that's, uh, no, one, no one teaches us to sit in questioning our motives. So I began to question my motive. Yeah. See. Yeah. yeah, I could wow. list books and programs that I went to to really like help that helped in that journey. It was all part of a journey. But yeah. really what it comes to is questioning your motives. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm. What, and what were sort of some of the, some of, the um, some of the ahas, not just for you personally, but you know, in terms of trying, I mean, as you point out, it's, it's, it's not something that a lot of us are really aware of, right? And yeah. actually, yeah. What I mean, you've you've worked with a lot of people as well. Um, what what are you seeing as as some of the typical costs of that? Not not knowing what's really going on underneath. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, there's a there's an equation at play here. As I hear your question, so you you ask the question of what's it what's the cost? There's a there's a payoff and a cost. We stay in our behaviors. Because the payoff is, is, one payoff is, is we get to be right. We, we get to be correct and the other person gets to be wrong. That's the, and that's the cost. The cost now of that is the love and the affinity that we want. That's at stake. And so it's that you may have heard in the past, you can be right. And the cost of being right is you lose the love. And so the driver, the unconscious driver in us is always seeking that payoff, but we don't know why. And it's because, so for the example I gave you for security, I wanted to feel safe. And so the cost of me wanting to feel safe and imposing what safety meant to me onto the other person was the relationship. The ultimate cost was that relationship, love, affinity, uh, goodwill, well-being, peace. Like there was, there was no peace in that moment. So that's what it costs us. It costs us love, affinity, well-being, peace. But I got to be right. And <laughs> right, that's the that's the that's the BS part of our of our unconsciousness. Wow. That's fascinating. That's a that's a it's a big investment to be right. Uh yes. Uh that that's yeah, that's the paradox. I mean, is it really a payoff? Not really. I, I mean, I got to impose my control and my will onto somebody. And what, did it, what was the cost of that? Love, affinity. I'm like, wow, that's a high cost. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of entrepreneurs who, who um, you know, are listeners to the, the podcast too. I mean, how, how do you see... I mean, you know, you've worked with a lot of startup CEOs and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I imagine too, you've seen the impacts just not only on themselves and in the relationships, but just on the performance and the, you know, the success of their businesses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, and this plays out because it's a human nature thing. It plays out in every single organization. It plays out in every single leader I work with and it plays out in every single team. And that's because teams are made up of humans. And so one of the things I coach uh, leaders on, especially startup leaders on, this balance between achieving results. Of course, we want results, especially in a startup. I've been in a startup and two startups, and I, I get the fact that the goal is to create success and launching the product and create results. Cool. Uh, and it's understanding the other part of the equation, not at the expense of their relationships. And so the equation for startup founders that I work with is I 
and teach them, coach them through it's relating and achieving. It's not just achieving. It's not just relating. It's the two. You, you, you produce the results you really want to produce, more effective results when you relate with your team, when you relate with yourself as a leader. Who am I as a leader? Uh, who am I as a leader in relationship to my team? What are some of the things that get in the way? How am I making myself right at the payoff of being right at the expense of uh, a high-performing team? So that's the equation, relating plus achieving. And then in the middle there, that's balancing, relating, and achieving is this thing that we call integrity. And meaning our yeses are our yes and our noes are our no. And relating to the team in such a way that we create results together. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. So the the inner work is, yeah, thanks. Yeah, the inner work is, uh, is my own integrity. Uh, so that I can create integrity with the team through relating and achieving. And that's, that's the balance. And I've had some leaders actually say to me, can you teach me emotional intelligence? I'm like, well, we could talk about it, but how you're really going to learn it is to be in the experience of it. And so, so what we do is we create new habits of relating and what that means of asking questions of curiosity of the team of what's the team's point of view? How's the team feeling? Uh, what do they see as true or what are they worried about? Any questions that get into the realm of uh, activating our humanness. That's really interesting. So it's all through experience. So, so it sounds like, you know, this sounds like a, a doorway into, as you say, kind of uncovering what's, what's really underneath, like just creating some, some, some structure you don't have to think about and it may not be, part of you yet but just having that that structure that scaffolding to um yeah. to ask questions at certain just right kinds of questions just open up possibilities and you start to see those connections you start to create those possibilities essentially right yeah yeah, yeah. and you know because we live in a world you know especially with with technology leaders that i work with is uh the word that comes up um enough times for me to pay attention to is the word abstract so I had a CEO of a, a, a startup um, say to me one time, that's just really abstract. So the playful response I have to them is, well, all of life's abstract until you live it. So until you experience it, and then it's not abstract anymore. And so that's where habits come in. And so it's, it's an easy conversation to say, okay, you have a current habit right now. What, what, what is that current habit? How do you relate to your team right now? What do you, what do you actually do? How do you actually talk to them? And then help them see the current habits because often we don't pause to look. Oh I, oh, I do have current habits. What are they? And then pivot to new habits. Okay, well, what's a new habit that you want to try? And that may be checking in with the team. Start a meeting with, I'm just curious how everyone's feeling today. <clears throat> what's going on? Are you happy to be here? Are you not happy to be here? Let's talk about like what's working and what's not working, <clears throat> which is, I like that question a lot, actually. It's, that's, that's a more relatable question for leaders that are wanting to understand the relating part of the equation. Mm, tying it back to the results. Yeah. Yeah. What's working, what's not working. <laughs> uh, and, and then creating vulnerability. Um, sometimes leaders ask me, well, how do I do that? I say, well, lead with vulnerability. Reveal, <clears throat> reveal how you're thinking about something first. That'll surprise the team. Reveal what you, what's going on for you. Like, what are you worried about? Reveal you're worried about something. And then, and then be silent. 
and then invite the team. What are you guys worried about? That's a, that's sometimes that's a, that's a more approachable step for someone that's trying to balance this relating, trying to balance our humanness at work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And it really shows that it, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? To start no. to, to understand what's, what's going on. Just an, yeah. an, op- an openness, a willingness to, to ask, you know, questions, to be curious and to listen, right? To, to the, the people around you, the relationships that matter. Um, we'll start to start to reveal where those prickly thorns are actually poking you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's in that left butt. All right. Now I see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really uncomfortable. Why? And then, so that's, that's, a, that's a great um, frame there, Jerry, is that I'm, I'm noticing this discomfort. Uh, you don't have to do anything with the discomfort in the moment, but just notice that it's true. A lot of times with leaders, I ask them, start journaling or recording something happened just record what you don't have to do anything with just know that it's happening in the moment just become conscious of uh sometimes i'll use the language machinery come conscious to the machinery of what's happening oh i got i got really anxious about something or um sometimes when i'm educating a leader on emotional intelligence i say to them the cool thing about our bodies is is they they indicate something happening for you so you don't have to be sophisticated about it just notice anger generally shows up, you know, in your neck or your face or sadness generally shows up on your face or anxiety usually shows up in your stomach. Like if you're anxious or nervous about something, just notice what's happening in your body. And then you can start associating what we would call an emotion to it. Of, oh, joy usually shows up, you know, here. And so it's helping them get access to that and just be aware of it. And then being curious. So the first step is... Um, a sense of responsibility, a sense of ownership. I'm going to own the experience that I'm having. Cool. And then I'm going to be curious about it. And then I'd be curious on behalf of others. I'm curious what's happening over there, whether it's, whether it's a partner, uh, a team member, and, and genuinely, genuinely being curious of what is happening in myself and what is happening with that other person. And sometimes just asking what's happening? What's going on for you? Imagine. Yeah. (laughs) It's beyond, it's beyond the, how are you like, what's no, really tell me what's happening. What's going Mm -hmm. on for you? Right. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I really like about, you know, the shared experience in the, in the agile space, you know, creating, creating those, those opportunities through things like retrospectives as a team to just, it's, it's dedicated time with a, with a purpose to, to uncover what's, what's getting in the way. Um, uh, it's just it's it's seen as something that's essential to be delivering you know something as uh banal as as you know written code <laughs> that yeah. you know yeah. makes a difference it, we recognize that it's not just we're not just delivering um better product but we're delivering better humans and a better better team will will create that product that we're desiring yeah yeah and that's that's a great distinction there it's uh that again, that balance of relating and achieving, and we achieve in my own experience in life with my own startups and my experience now with many clients and coaching is, is we achieve so much more when we add relating and we, and we actually achieve the results that matter when we relate as a team. It doesn't mean you have to get all, you know, some people get, get, get hung up sometimes on, you know, it doesn't mean you're all touchy feely as if there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> right touch is there what's is there anything wrong with touchy feely i mean you know uh so you don't have to get all touchy feely or or 
a high heightened emotional states, what it means is, is you admit and acknowledge the human in front of you. Uh, like it's like, so for example, sometimes I teach startup founders how to actually take a coaching stance, how to actually coach a team member so that we create more awareness so that we get the results that really matter. And so you're acknowledging the human in front of you. So they're going to produce something, but they're being a human as they produce it. So there's the acknowledgement part of that. Yeah. I think bottom line of all this, Cherry, is what we're talking about is, is like if I if I gave, you know, because I came from tech, right? So I was one of those software engineers, you know, startup, you know, co-founder, co-creator of software and architecting software. Um, so I, I like to play around with formula sometimes. And so the formula that we're talking about of all of this is it's a sequence of experiences. So for all humans, we have early experiences to young adult experiences that uh that drive something and what, what those experiences do without, without us being aware of it. No one taught us that the experiences that we have with our family systems, with our society systems, with our religious systems, with our friendship network, with our education network, all the experiences that we have inside of those uh, systems create desires, they create fears, they create beliefs, but we don't know that that's what's happening. And then what happens is, is those beliefs, fears, those desires, they create our habits and our, our behaviors. And so that's what shows up on the outside. So on the inside, it's these beliefs and fears and desires, um, these longings that we have. And how that shows up on the outside is, is you can notice someone's habits and their behaviors. And then you really get a sense of someone's belief. As a coach, I'm really paying attention to the words that people use and then the actions that they take. And that helps me point to an underlying belief that they have. So it's this set of experiences that leads to beliefs and fears and longings that leads to habits and behaviors that leads to words and actions. And then the words and the actions create the results and the impact. And so as a coach, I'm looking for, well, tell me your current impact. What are the current outcomes that you have? And then we go backwards. I said, okay, well, great. Well, how that, how that outcome get created? Oh, I took this action. Great. Well, where that action come from? I don't know. Well, let's let's find out. Let's let's find what was the belief, <laughs> what was the habit, the behavior that created that action or that that like when like when a leader gives a talk, like, well, why did you communicate that to the team? What were you wanting with the team? What was the outcome that you wanted? What was the impact that you wanted with the team? Uh, and then so we we go backwards. And then it takes a little while for people to really look at, oh, I created this belief. I have this belief where I'm listening to a client when they say, yeah, I can't do that. That's not possible. And so I might ask the question, well, who's the person that said it's not possible? Because the person that I know makes everything possible. So who just showed up right now? Mm. Who is the person that said, I can't do this? And where did that come from? And so that's the, often as a coach, I'm listening for belief. And uh, then noticing that with the client and asking them to check in, well, how did you create that? Because it's going to keep driving your behavior until you get access to where did that come from? And so a lot of what we're doing is, is we're not avoiding, we're integrating. It's not about shielding or hiding things away. It's about understanding where it came from so that we can integrate it into our life and then use it in a new way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. That was a lot of me sharing, but that's the underlying formula that's happening. I love that. Yeah, I know it's that's so powerful, right? Just to start to see how 
everything's woven together, right? How, and, and like you said, it's not that you're necessarily trying to get rid of something, but you're trying to look at it from a different lens, trying to yeah. shape it. You know, it reminds me of um, so one of my favorite books right now, which I'm actually in the process of rereading with my son. It's called The Obstacle is the Way yeah. by uh, Ryan yeah. Holiday. Yep. And Great book. What I, what I love about that book, and, and it's probably been the most influential book for me in the last year, is, is just seeing that, that everything has potential, right? And there's a, there's a particular quote in there that I, stays with me, which is, you know, now that this thing has happened, whatever it is, this challenge, this what we perceive as a problem or a crisis, you know, what is possible now, it would not have been possible otherwise if this hadn't yes. happened. You know? Yes. You know? As long as you look at it, that's, that's the teaching. That's the, you know, Ryan Holiday, he, he references the Stoics and Marcus Aurelius a lot, you know, in some of the books. And it's what the Stoics did is they questioned everything. So they looked, they're like, oh, this is an obstacle right now. How am I relating to this obstacle? And I'm using air quotes, you know, is it really an obstacle? And what does obstacle mean? And that, that's the beauty of coaching is, is you get to question everything. It's like, okay, I don't have to keep it as an obstacle. Maybe it's, maybe this thing is pointing to something. What's the thing that it's pointing to? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It becomes an exciting yeah. thing now. Yeah. In fact, yeah, it becomes, a, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, um, I remember Marcus Aurelius also talking about how not only do you have to, it's important to, um, you know, embrace or accept this challenge or this obstacle, but actually to love it. Right. To, to, yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a reframe. Yeah, yeah. Love everything, yeah. everything that shows up in your life in whatever shape or form it is. So I'm still working yeah. on that. <laughs> that's a, um, yeah, in coaching, that's a reframe or a perspective to hold. And a lot, of, a lot of what we're doing with clients, and this is true in the agile world, is we're looking at, okay, that's a current perspective. What's, what's, let's, let's explore two other perspectives from here. And that's what you do with obstacles. You could look at it in many ways. And so the discipline is, um, What's my default way, my automatic, already sometimes unconscious way of relating to something and then knowing that that's true and then intentionally looking at it from, let's say, two other perspectives. And that's, that's what helps people relate to obstacles in a new way. Like, oh, oh. So earlier we talked about emotional intelligence and, oh, I'm, I'm seeing emotional intelligence as hard, right? That's a perspective, hard. What if it were easy? or what if it were something that you could manage or what if it were something that you could navigate and what would it be like to navigate it? Beautiful. Yeah. Ah, so what, uh, I guess now that we've kind of gone down this, this path, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who would love to get a little more, more in tune with that. We've covered a number of things. You mentioned journaling as, as a powerful yeah. tool. You yeah. mentioned just, um, coming up with questions that kind of create openness and possibility. Uh, is there any, mm -hmm. anything else you'd recommend for, for someone who is like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of done with these kinds of experiences I'm having. I want something better. Uh -huh. I need to really find out what's yeah. going on inside. Um, what would you say to yeah. that person? It's, uh, it's, I, I like the frame I'm in now is sitting in the question. <laughs> you know, we live in a world where we just want the answer and I want the answer now. And uh, it's allowing yourself to suspend the answer. And this is the pivot because, because the answer is actually inside of you. 
now you uncover the answer as you sit in a question. And my favorite question is, is why am I doing what I'm doing? Just like take, you can take an example from your life. Uh, so I shared one earlier on the show about a relationship and the results that, that were produced. And it came from my experiences. I didn't share the experience I had. You know, I had experiences earlier in life that taught me something about relationships. And it created a belief around uh, how relationships can be insecure or how I can be insecure in relationships. I didn't know that. So I had to sit in, what is going on? Why am I so demanding? Or why am I so controlling? Or what am I so afraid of in this relationship? And that's, I'll use air quotes again, that's a hard thing for us to do. For some reason, we don't like sitting in the question. We don't like questioning ourselves. And so it's creating a new habit of what if I questioned all the results that I have in life. And, but, but start with one, because otherwise it can be a little overwhelming. So if there's a... Sometimes I ask clients, there, what's the gap? There's something that's missing in your life right now. Like, and so it's what's working, what's not working. So it's a frame. So start with that. Like, what would you say is working in your life right now? Just list. This is really working. And why? Why is it working? That's the second, that's the deeper question. Why? Why, why is it working for you? And then, this, and then it's the next question is, what's not working? Any area in life, your leadership, your team members, your relationships, um, yourself, what's working and what's not working in you. And then list that out. What's not working? Well, why? Why is it not working? And what is it that you want? So let's say it's a relationship. What is it that you really want for yourself in that relationship? What do you want for the relationship? And then why? Why do you want that? And that is a deep enough inquiry right there. But you, what you do is you start getting a handle of, oh, I do have stuff that's working in my life. Okay, great. And then you can start comparing. Well, what am I doing in this thing in my life that's really working for me? And how might I apply the habits that I give attention, uh, that I give to that thing that's working, to the things that aren't working? Yeah, that's, really, a, that's a nice distinction. I really like that. It's, it's not just a matter of looking at at the challenges but really seeing that there's the seeds of of yeah of possibility that are already in your life yeah for, yeah to address those areas yeah wonderful yeah, we all have areas of workability and areas that aren't working and then it's looking at the gap and leveraging the skills of how we apply what's working to the things that aren't working so that we create the fulfillment that we want because we're usually is we're wanting something we want something to be different and so sometimes it's questioning, well, why? Why do I want that to be different? Mm. And that's the deeper work. Well, I'd I love to end our conversation on, on a question that just, just came into my mind. Um, I'd love to hear your, your answer to it, which is, you know, in this moment right now, this moment, really this, this journey that we're in with COVID-19 and everything going on in the world, what, what is your, your deepest desire, your deepest hope for, for humanity as we as we go through this journey together. Oh, wow. Okay. It's the same that I have no matter what. <laughs> and that is <laughs> on a playful way. You know, for those, for those nerd geeky people out there that I, that I, that I relate to in this way, when I think about the storyline or any of the movies of uh, Star Trek, if you're, anyone's familiar with Star Trek, that construct of that world, of that story is it's one planet, right? There's a unity. And it doesn't have to be all woo-woo. 
but there's a cooperation like oh, like wow it's like it's one planet oh that's really cool and uh so there's a practical side of that and a dream side of that that i have i see the efficiency in one planet and it just just <laughs> makes sense to me from a kind of systems thinker yeah 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 and then and then there is the um um what I see of COVID in this example that we have in the world, it's, it unites us. We're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. I'm like, well, there's an opportunity in that. So we talked about the obstacles the way. There's an obstacle here called COVID-19. Great. How might, be, how might that be the way towards a different future for all humans? That's my hope. That's my hope in this time of yes, yes, it has an impact to our physical health. And there's an opportunity here for our, uh, for our emotional health, for our, uh, for our world health from a, human, from a human health point of view. So I'm curious what our world leaders are going to do with it. Like, mm. I, you know, from a leadership point of view, this is a great opportunity. Like whether, whether you're a you know a premier or president of of a nation, like oh my god, this is an opportunity for the leaders to really come together to say, enough is enough. We we waste all of our resources on protecting and keeping our nationalistic mindset. What if we applied those resources <laughs> towards something that would benefit all of us, the like the entire planet? Wow, what a question! That'd be a cool question for the world leaders to ponder. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful invitation um, and an aspiration. And I, I, I share that with you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my, my dream. Des- my desire as well. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> in, a, in, a geeky, in a geeky and aspirational way. Yeah. 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 That's why I referenced Star Trek because it's, it's relatable. Like, oh, yeah. It is one planet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're not fighting, you know, out in space. <laughs> There's like, no, it's one planet. Wow. Everyone's cooperating. Cool. Yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, it's been a wonderful um, journey with you today, Philip. Um, I've learned I've learned a lot personally. Thanks so much, Jerry. I'm sure everyone else who's been listening in. um, You know, now that we've got a little extra time, I imagine at home, um, here's a real opportunity to do some of that that deeper work. You know, that perhaps we don't get to. And um, Philip, I'd I'd love to uh, let people know where they can find out. You know, more about you online, perhaps even if they might want to. You know journey with you through, through, through coaching or other means. I know you're also working on a, on a, on a book that um, yep. people yeah. will, uh, will yeah. love to take advantage of when it's ready. So where, where can people find you? The best way to find me is, uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, Philip with two L's, Philip Cave. But um, the website, I have two websites, one with my name on it, but my favorite, the one that I spend a lot of time and attention energy on is Dear Human. So it's www.dearhuman.life. So it's the dot life part that people have to pay attention to, but yeah, dearhuman.life. And that is the, um, I have all information out there. I've got blogs out there. I've got programs out there, uh, for people that are wanting to create their personal shifts and their leadership shifts. And, um, uh, and then I'm teaching a cohort right now for, for enterprise agile coaches. And so there's that program for people that are interested in, interested in that. And, uh, in the future, I've been, pivoting more towards teaching, uh, more cohort-based teaching for people that are wanting to um, maybe experience some of the things that we, we touched on here of uh, understanding how our experiences shaped us. And so you can find all that information out at, at dearhuman.life. Fantastic. 
Yeah, and, cool. Um, Thanks, Jerry. We'll include those links in the in the show notes for everyone, everyone listening. So yeah. all right. Thanks so much, Philip. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your app so you never miss a future episode. And when you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, you help more people discover and then transform their lives through the powerful life-changing stories on this podcast. I invite you also to share something that you heard in this episode that you would love to turn into a conversation. Share it with people and have that conversation. Because when ideas become conversations that build connections, that's when momentum happens. I'll see you in the next episode.